Hello and welcome to Podplex Africa. This is the WrestleMania edition of Podplex Africa. This is the coverage of WrestleMania. Um, we're going to do things a little different this time because my co-host and partner in crime, the Herb Villa, is not with me at the moment. He is still in the United States. Um, he reported live from WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, and uh, we will be we will be discussing things the way we usually do, um, but obviously just segmented a little differently. Um, but getting right off the bat, uh, WrestleMania 34 as a whole, from my side and my perspective, was probably the best WrestleMania in the last, let's call it decade maybe even. It was phenomenal. From front to finish, big surprises, big pops, big matches. Um, it had everything you want from the biggest event of the year. Um even even the pre-show, the pre-card, the the you know the the earlier matches had massive moments and massive things happen. Um, I think overall the event really ran smoothly. You never really felt exhausted throughout. Um, everything was in the right place at the right time. Um, let's get into it first. Herb's going to quickly go through just what it was like being there. Um, we'll we'll get into the you know the, the pre-show and the um, the battle royale, the men's battle royale, the cruiserweight title, and the women's battle royale. Hello, Podplex Africa. This is Herb at the Herb Villa, and I am reporting to you live from New Orleans, Louisiana, the home of WrestleMania 34. Um, I'm just going to go right off the bat and start with the event as a whole. Um, I mean, just from walking into the Superdome, the atmosphere was electric. You could feel that this was going to be a great show, and it proved to be from top to bottom. Um, I think compared to last year, I went to WrestleMania last year, and this was just, I mean way off the charts a lot different um in terms of what was to be expected and just the feeling of being in the arena i mean we walked in avoided looking at the stage online because you know images had leaked already um and wwe had also posted some so we avoided all of that just so that we could you know take it all in uh once we entered the arena or the stadium rather um, yeah, I mean, even my wife uh, was super impressed with WWE. This was her first WrestleMania, only her second uh, WWE show, because the night before we did the NXT TakeOver um, that happens right before WrestleMania. So this was TakeOver New Orleans, and impressed by, you know, the NXT guys, but even more so by, you know, the main roster, which she never really is um, generally impressed with. So walking in there as well, you know, for someone who's not much of a wrestling fan, uh, this was quite an event, you know, a spectacle. Uh, and I can imagine it was the same for a lot of uh, new wrestling fans, but also, I mean, that was the same sentiment shared 
by, you know, hardcore fans, casual fans, anyone who was in that arena. Uh, this was a great show from top to bottom. Um, it had all the, the main ingredients or whatever you think the main ingredients of a great WrestleMania are. Um, it was electric. It was dramatic. There was a lot of athleticism, a lot of surprises, um, just everything you needed. Uh, I mean, I think this is one of the few shows where the stadium was packed for, for the pre-show, and the pre-show was great in itself. Um, you know, we had a huge uh, surprise in Bray Wyatt joining forces with uh, with Matt Hardy. That was quite the WrestleMania moment. Um, you know, I wouldn't have expected it to be, but it got quite the reaction, a great reaction. So, you know, that was just, a, you know, a sign of, of things to come. Um, and that was from the Men's Battle Memorial Battle Royal, which uh, Matt Hardy won. Um... And then there was the Cedric Alexandra and Mustafa Ali match, with, which also just, you know, tore the place down uh, with Cedric winning. And that was, you know, a great uh, WrestleMania moment for him, uh, who had just been there for two years, you know, after fans had been chanting, uh, please sign Cedric. So for him to have that WrestleMania moment was quite great and emotional. Um, and then we had the Women's Memorial Battle Royal, which was won by Naomi, also a great match. Um, also some drama at the end. Everyone thought, you know, Bailey had won it, and out comes Naomi out of nowhere, and another huge pop. I mean, this was one of the best uh, pre-shows we've gotten um, in a while, and it happened at WrestleMania in front of um, an uncharacteristically larger crowd than most pre-shows take place. So that's Herb's perspective from actually being at the event live. Um, I feel that the the pre-show was really well paced, as I said earlier. Um, I do think the the Battle Royales were a little chaotic, but I think uh, they had very limited time to do quite a lot in. the uh, obviously the the Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy angle, you know, we we mentioned it in a previous podcast that the only way forward for these two wrestlers probably would be an alliance, um, and well, once again, we were pretty pretty much spot on with that. Um, we also obviously had the uh, women's battle royale, which was. Um, a bit of also like a mess in terms of if if you're watching it, um, they aren't clear indicators of of when everyone gets eliminated. There were just too many women in the ring, um, but the the finale was was really good. Uh, Naomi walking away with the 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 actual win was kind of um, maybe not a shock, but it, like I said, it was a little confusing. Um, and then obviously Ced- Cedric Alexander taking uh, the cruiserweight title was great. Um, Everyone seems to be very happy with him actually getting his, you know, not just WrestleMania moment, but um, his due credit and due deserve. Um, so for a pre-show, I think ultimately we had a like a solid 7 out of 10 if, if you look at 
what they were able to achieve and and you know as herb said how many people were actually watching and interested and invested in the actual moment um then let's move on to the first match of the night which was for the uh intercontinental title um we i actually didn't see them starting with this match but i'm really glad that they did uh we had Obviously, the defending champion Miz versus uh, fan favorite Finn Balor and uh, my personal favorite Seth Rollins in a triple threat match. So building up to this match, there was a lot of reflection on the Intercontinental title um, and its prestige. Uh, a lot of focus fell on, obviously, Miz being in contention of being the longest reigning Intercontinental champion of all time. Um, so... Going into WrestleMania, I think a lot of people felt that they would probably let Miz retain the title. Um, he, by all means, absolutely deserves it. He's been great as the antagonistic intercontinental title holder. Um, then there's obviously, you know, Seth Rollins, who's been on this incredible run and he wants to be a franchise player. He wants, you know, Monday Night Raw to be known as Monday Night Rollins and... Um, has had a pretty great start to the year. Um, I think they, they had to really um, figure out what to do with, with the character and what to do with, uh, with Rollins in terms of, I, I think, when Ambrose got injured, it really took him out of contention for the, the tag team titles. Also, obviously, they, they teamed him up after that with um, Jason Jordan, who also got injured. So you know, third time's a charm in terms of getting him in the right, well, position and getting him back into the right trajectory. Um, and then we have, obviously, Finn Balor, who's also been doing phenomenal things. Um, a lot of people feel that he needs a little bit more of um, a shine to him. Um, we haven't seen any gold around his waist since he had to, obviously, relinquish the Universal title, um, which he beat Rollins for. Um, two years back at SummerSlam, um, so there was there was a lot of angles going into this Intercontinental Title match where we had Miz carrying the title for a little bit longer would obviously make him the most prestigious champion, which he has been boasting about. Then we would have you know Finn Balor finally climbing back to a a, a place in the hierarchy of wrestling where he absolutely does belong, and then obviously just cementing the momentum and the the actual talent that Rollins has I think uh you know him winning the intercontinental title would then obviously mean he would be a grand slam champion as well uh, along with his fellow shield brothers Ambrose and and Roman Reigns have both achieved that in their careers so the match in itself was really good um I really liked the angle where Miz was like walking into the ring and telling the Mizdarash to turn around that he's got this. Um, it gave us a really clean physical match, I think, in terms of obviously in-ring capability, um, size, speed, uh, giving and taking of, of interesting moves. Um, everyone was quite on an equal playing field. Um, I think a lot of people um, were definitely not throw Miz into the category with Finn Balor and, and Seth Rollins, but I do think he has all the qualities that they do. Um, he just doesn't always get to tell that aspect of, of the story because of uh, 
the antagonistic role that he plays. Um, he's not always about winning clean matches or having clean matches. So um, usually with him, there there is an element of interference in the matches. But this match was not that. It was a great way to start the official show. Um, a lot of great moves landing, a lot of like back and forth, uh, a lot of um, Finn Balor out of the ring and Rollins and Miz going at it and, and Rollins being th- thrown out of the ring and Balor and Finn, uh, the Miz going at it and Miz outside of the ring with Balor and, and Seth Rollins going at it. Obviously, we've been seeing a lot of, of triple threat matches and f- you know fatal four ways and crazy five way matches in the last uh good six months of wrestling. Um, I think this was a nice little culmination of, of what it takes to really, really be a star within that kind of stable of wrestling at the moment. Um, the match in itself was very evenly paced. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think the ending was great. So basically we had Finn Balor delivering a great finish on The Miz um, which then Seth Rollins took, you know, he took advantage of the situation and he stomped, he stomped Finn Balor on top of Miz, kind of in a, a double stomp, um, clean win. So Seth Rollins is the new Intercontinental Champion. Um, he is a Grand Slam Champion. I think it's a great result. Um, it's going to make wrestling really interesting moving forward. Obviously, we have the superstar shakeup, draft, lottery, whatever you want to call it, coming up, um, which makes all the titles and all all the the great superstars um, in contention for this. Uh, it makes it interesting. We could very well have the United States Championship on Raw and the IC title on SmackDown, or it might stay, and we might have some interesting contenders for it. Um, regardless, we, we, we have a lot of interesting things coming in terms of wrestling in the next few months. Moving along, uh, the second match of the evening, uh, for me was the, well, for everyone, I suppose, was the shock of the evening. We, we had, uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair versus the undefeated Oscar, the match itself was, was really good. There was a lot of striking and, and really great technical aspects to it. Um, both performers showed massive amounts of heart. Um, I don't like the outcome of this match, not purely just because I like Oscar, just because Charlotte beating Oscar and ending the streak is a really, really cheap way of solidifying Charlotte who didn't need any solidifying. Um, she has, everything going for her. Um, it was a very, very white bread, uh, statement in wrestling. Um, it, it all just felt really pointless. Two years of developing Oscar at NXT, um, bring her, bringing her to raw, having her win, you know, the, the first woman's Royal rumble only to lose to Charlotte, to Charlotte at, at WrestleMania. Just, it, it just feels like there's no direction with it. There's no, so now what happens next? Now Oscar just becomes part of the woman's catalog um, and Charlotte, you know, Charlotte just keeps being on the, the prodigal daughter, the face of 
the face of McMahonisms. Um, it just felt really dumb in terms of, of the results. It felt like they, they literally had to pick a match that they wanted some shock value out of, very much like the streak being ended for The Undertaker. They did exactly the same thing. Um, no purpose. I think Oscar should have taken the title and gone on to still another like good six months of a fantastic run. Keep that story going. Keep that momentum going for her. She she deserves it. Um, Charlotte's Charlotte's had every title that the WWE has to offer. Oscar has only had the NXT title. I think um, just a silly waste of development. They spend so much time building Oscar to break her down for Charlotte's benefit at, at WrestleMania. Um, and the aftermath of WrestleMania also makes absolutely no sense, but we will get into that. Um, so for me, the match itself was really, really good. I, 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 I can't pinpoint anything that was truly like wrong with the match, except for Oscar tapping to a figure four, which obviously got levitated into a figure eight. The Oscar we've seen would have absolutely found and had a game plan for that, a counter. She is she is the tap-out specialist. She is the, the striking force specialist. It is, I don't know, everything about it just felt cheap. Um, this was absolutely the low point of WrestleMania for me. Um, once again, it, it it's absolutely not about Charlotte. Don't get me wrong. She's a fantastic champion, a fantastic performer, but the wasted opportunity and the wasted time and investment, um, not just from, from the WWE side, but as, as wrestling fans, um, just very silly. It was just such a silly decision. They should have, they could have gone any other way with any of the other matches. Um, and it would have been fine, but this just, uh, I don't know. It didn't feel natural. Um, so then we moved into the Fatal 4-Way match, another one, um, for the WWE United States Championship. Um, so we had champion Randy Orton, the Viper, defending against Jinder Mahal, um, Bobby Roode, and Rusev. Now, this was an interesting one because placing those four superstars you know, in terms of hierarchy um, in, in the wrestling world and especially on the SmackDown roster, it's um, it's tricky because Randy Orton is, he is also a Grand Slam champion. He's, you know, he's a staple when it comes to wrestling. Then we have Jinder Mahal, who was champion for a good run last year and did a really good job of being an antagonistic, you know, well well-rounded, villainistic champion. Um, and then we've got Bobby Roode, who is very much in his blue blood, you know, middle of the road, could be better. You know, we've gone over Bobby Roode a few times. He's just a little boring at the moment. Um, and then we have Rusev, who's been doing phenomenally with the fans. Um, I don't know if he's been represented in bookings in, in, in that sense, but them including him to this match and him getting a pinfall over Jinder Mahal just before WrestleMania was a really good move. Um, it was good to have Rusev present in a, a big sense in the match. And you could really feel while watching the match that people want, they want more from Rusev. They want, they want more of him on, on a bigger stage. Um, 
So the match itself was fine. It's it's also it's hard when when you have so many superstars and so much happening in wrestling and you need to have everyone represented in a I wouldn't use the word fair, but in in an almost equal amount for for where you know where they are in the card or where they are currently in their careers. So you know, any four of these men could be the the United States champion. Um, it was quite evident going into it. Um, the match was good. It was a back and forth between the four competitors in and out of the ring. Um, nothing really spectacular, to be honest about about the match. Nothing really stands out. Um, it was just a really solid back and forth. Um, the pacing of the match was good. Uh, the ending was also a little bit of a shock. Uh, so Jinder Mahal walked away with the title. Uh, a lot of people obviously did not see that coming. I think most people were were kind of behind either Rusev taking the title just because of popularity um, or obviously Randy Orton retaining. But then again, I mean, Bobby Roode lost the title, so he could have retained it again. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I think um, the title is strong in any of those four competitors' hands. Now moving into the superstar shakeup, um, it could be cool to have Jinder Mahal on Raw as the US title holder um, and see him feud with Samoa Joe or Roman Reigns or, you know, there's, there's, it, it, it is time for a shakeup, no pun intended. So things could get interesting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens with this. Um, shock win for most people. Um, I don't think it's, unfairly deserved or you you know I don't think it's out of nowhere Jinder Mahal we know can carry a title um a lot of people didn't enjoy him as champion but from from a purist wrestling perspective it's good to have a champion that people want to see dethroned um it's good to have a champion sometimes that that rubs the audience the wrong way because it, it just elevates every other aspect of, of the storytelling. So Jinder Mahal actually walked away with it, and I'm quite happy with that. I don't think it's a, a bad move. Then we we go on to, um, and, you know, Herb and myself have, have discussed this before. We, we started recording the podcast, and we'll get back to Herb's opinion now. But, um, yeah, we get into the Ronda Rousey debut. Obviously, Ronda Rousey with Kurt Angle versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Um, there was a lot of build-up for this match. There was a lot of um, speculation on how Ronda was going to carry herself. We even went back and forth with it. Um, ultimately, we decided that going into WrestleMania, it's not a bad move to have two of the greatest of all time in the ring with her to just make sure that, you know, it's carried the right way or was represented the right way. And now looking back at it, the match was so good that, and and don't get me wrong, I, I loved Triple H in it and I loved Kurt Angle in it and I loved Stephanie McMahon. Even she completely just hit her marks so well, but maybe Ronda would have been able to actually pull off a solo debut because it was that good. She was so, so entertaining and she was hitting marks like she'd been doing, you know, 
in in ring wrestling compared like competitive battles and and storytelling for for years it was really amazing to see someone who physicality wise obviously you know she she has all the attributes to be probably one of the greatest of all time she is probably one of the greatest of all time in terms of of mma fighting um and uh, you know amateur wrestling but going over into professional wrestling and storytelling it's a completely different thing and there were some moments where we weren't sure she wasn't that strong on the mic and uh, you know, even in the match, they wanted two things. I think um, the outfit she was wearing, you could see she was a little uncomfortable with maybe how it was sitting or I don't know how tight it was. Little things like that. But, you know, even though those things were there and you could see it, it, it was irrelevant because she was carrying herself so well. So match of the night for me, absolutely blown away by Ronda Rousey's ring awareness and just... Um, selling of the story and and you know the way she went after triple h and it just popped everything was right it felt good especially after the oscar loss um i think it was a really good way to to just elevate the event again so let's get into what herb thought of of ronda rousey kurt angle versus triple h and stephanie mcmahon best match of the night um i don't know for me um being there live you know so in the live aspect of it the best match of the night had to be the match that everyone was doubting and that match was ronda rousey with kurt angle versus uh triple h and stephanie mcmahon and i mean right off the bat it was fast-paced uh um you know there were a lot of uh you know, impact and high spots, um, and we were, you know, drawn in just from the beginning. Everyone stood up, and for the entire match, the in, that whole stadium was on their feet, uh, and it was the only match where people were standing for the entire thing. Uh, Ronda Rousey impressed. Um, she proved a lot of us wrong. Stephanie McMahon, you know, the same, also proved a lot of us wrong. We thought this would be a train smash, and it turned out to be the best match of the night for, you know, the live crowd. You know, getting out of the arena or the stadium and hearing everyone talk about the matches of the night, this one was one of them. This one was where, you know, everyone was like, wow, I was wrong. You know, um, I never expected Ronda Rousey, Stephanie McMahon, you know, to put on... I'll call it a four four out of five, you know, match. Um, and also, I think just having Triple H and Kurt Angle there. And then Stephanie McMahon, someone who's been in the business, three people who've been in the business for over 20 years, uh, Stephanie being born into it. Um, and then having Ronda Rousey, who has experience, you know, in the combat space, uh, transition into, you know, a WWE stage, um, it was a match that, you know, also tore the place down. Um, very, very impressed with, uh, with Ronda Rousey's performance. Um, and like I said, when you walked out of the stadium, everyone was talking about that match. Um, we all thought, you know, it would be Shinsuke and AJ, you know, um, 
Usos and New Day and Bludgeon Brothers. Um, and that wasn't the case. Uh, it was the newbie, you know, the new signing that everyone doubted. And when you turned on the news channels, you know, after WrestleMania, um, all the headlines were, you know, about Ronda Rousey impressing in her debut match in the WWE at WrestleMania 34. So there you go. It seems that uh, the Ronda Rousey debut translated not just on TV, but um, for everyone in attendance um, at the Superdome. Uh, this gives Ronda Rousey a, a great platform to start a career as a WWE superstar. Let's hopefully, you know, see her in in some tough, sluggish matches. I don't think um, she'll be in the title picture quite yet. I think there'll be one or two teething matches to get ready for that, but we'll definitely see Ronda Rousey carrying some form of gold by the end of the year. Um, then we moved into a fairly quick match. Um, you know, we, we've been speaking about the Bludgeon Brothers and what they mean for tag team wrestling and, and what they mean for the SmackDown, you know, tag team wrestling locker room. Uh, we've had a very, very strong call it 18 months of the New Day Usos competing for, for that title. And it's been back and forth between the two. Um, but the Bludgeon Brothers are a little bit more of a classic antagonist, big, big guy, brutish um, formula. And it, it's been working. I've been really enjoying it. Um, leading into the match, it was a triple threat match. Um, again, we had the New Day, the Usos, the Champions, and then the Blood Bludgeon Brothers making their WrestleMania debut, as well as the Usos. Um, and we we kind of knew that the Bludgeon Brothers would walk out champions. It's um, it's been one of my kind of uh, you know my, my favorite things in the last let's call it three four months since the the Bludgeon Brothers made their debut. It's good to have um, a little bit of a, you know, unobtainable, insurmountable force for this tag team division to go through um, because the Usos and the New Day could at any stage be champions. But now how do they overcome this new threat? Um, it was a quick match under six minutes. Um, really entertaining, energetic. It, it was exactly what it needed to be. All the, all the, the moves and the pops landed. Uh, we did see the, the Bludgeon Brothers wobble a little bit. Um, but then again, it was almost a two team versus one team match for the majority of it. Ultimately, the Usos and the New Day couldn't overcome the Bludgeon Brothers and the Bludgeon Brothers are now the SmackDown tag team champions. Um, I don't know where this leaves the division in terms of moving forward. Um, we'll obviously have the superstar shakeup. Um, we don't know where the New Day is going to land with that. We don't know where the Bludgeon Brothers are going to land with that. I have a feeling both both those parties will stick and stay with... Well, maybe actually the Usos might stick and stay with SmackDown. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers will probably stick around. We could see the New Day being dismantled and broken up. Um, let's see what happens. I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity coming up. Um, and the SmackDown tag team division definitely is the dominant and more interesting of the, of the two. 
then after that, you know, it's it's always tricky to kind of balance out these big events. And what they did next was obviously we've had this buildup with with John Cena and The Undertaker, and they handled it really well. Um, Taker never showed up, never showed face. John Cena was not just blasting him on 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 the episodes of Raw and SmackDown, but he was you know, going after him on social media and just cross-platform, really smart way of, like, hyping up the match. Uh, we didn't know if he would show up, if he wouldn't. Um, we had a minute where John Cena was obviously told that he's got a match and he's here, and he jumped out, you know, from the, the crowd over the barrier, ran backstage. Um, and then we had a moment where we really thought it wasn't going to happen because the lights went off and we had that strum of the guitar and Elias showed up. Um, this also kind of threw off a lot of theories because we we still have Braun Strowman's tag team partner um, issue or, or, you know, it was a very strange night. But yeah, a lot of people thought Elias didn't really have a spot in WrestleMania and that they would, would have him and... and Braun Strowman find some common ground and and become tag team champions or at least go after the titles. This was not the case. Elias came out. John Cena completely just dismantled him um, and looked defeated. It was it was a really really good setup. Um, very traditional WrestleMania big moment. Um, it felt very uh, very nineties. Which is a good thing. It's it's kind of what what you needed at the stage of 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 the event, um, and then we got the pop. Uh, Undertaker arrived. There was lightning, and his gear was in the middle of the ring, and lightning again. And you know the gong went, and he approached the ring, and John Cena looked completely bewildered. Um, I'll say this, and and and. <sighs> You know, this this is detached from if we're speaking wrestling in a, a performance sense, but from someone who's been watching wrestling for a good, you know, twenty five years, what John Cena did for the Undertaker and for the heritage and the career of a man who's who's been so loyal to the industry and and has meant so much to so many people, I I I really really am thankful and respectful of what John Cena did. Um, he sold the match so well before, before the time. And, you know, you watch, you watch the match and there are moments where, you know, there's some, some kicks and punches and stuff that don't quite land when Undertaker's giving it. You can see he's, he hasn't been in the ring for a while. He's a little bit slower than usual, but John Cena takes those moves so well and and so graciously is a terrible word but it's the one I'm going to use now because he he you can see he's doing it for the heritage and the respect of the undertaker what he actually deserved um not this roman reigns situation we had from the year before um you know we can debate the streak being broken by Brock Lesnar back and forth maybe in t 10 years time we'll look back at it and say it was a good move um, I still don't believe it was. I, th I think the streak should have just stayed intact and it should have been something that wrestling 
in a hundred years time can look back on and and it would never be replicated or you know achieved again that's how special it was but i digress let's let's move forward the undertaker just bulldozed through john cena it was you know he even went old school he you know he looks really good for for someone who's not competing consistently in the ring we haven't seen him since wrestlemania um john cena did a great job uh i'm super grateful to john cena for for leaving us with a little bit of undertaker um on a high note undertaker you know coming out and just being the dominant phenomenal force that he is uh tombstone pinned him tongue out was awesome to see you know undertaker walking out looking back great it was just a, a great WrestleMania moment. It didn't have to be anything more than this. You know, we it, it wasn't about the match. It wasn't about the outcome. Um, it was about someone who has clout within wrestling, John Cena, correcting a mistake that management or creative or whatever you want to call it has made. Um, and And I think most of us can agree that this was the respect and the dignity that the character and that Mark Calloway and the the Undertaker as a you know thirty year empire uh, deserved. It was beautiful to see. I really enjoyed it. Um, almost brought a tear to my eye. I did cry a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. It was great. Then let's get into the Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match. This this has been a very very long setup. Um, I'm not too sure if I enjoyed the match as much as I wanted to. Um, it's not a terrible match and I'll go back and I'll watch it again. I'll definitely, I'll definitely, um, watch it with a little bit of different perspective. I think, you know, watching it live and being in Africa, you get a little tired and, you know, after massive pops, like just having the undertaker come back and, the Oscar situation and the Mahal thing. It's just, you know, the match wasn't as electric as I, I thought it would be. It was great to see Daniel Bryan back. Um, basically, the, the outline of the match was they, they rendered Daniel Bryan quite useless at the beginning of the match, and Shane just took a lot of punishment from Zayn and Owens. Um, and then eventually it leaned back to, you know, the, the typical Shane's down. He needs to make the tag. Brian's back on the apron. He's, he's getting fired up. Um, and that was exactly what it was. Um, I'm, I'm happy with predictable. I'm, I'm happy with it going in that direction. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, it was great to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. He completely blew the roof off the place when he did get back into the ring, um, ultimately there was a submission and, uh, Daniel Bryan won. So that means that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are now without contract in the WWE. Um, where they're heading with this storyline, I'm not too sure. Um, I think they weren't sure what to do with the storyline and, and Daniel Bryan being able to come back into the ring just kind of rounded it off really nicely. I don't know if they knew back in, in November, you know, October with survivor series, if, if Daniel was going to be cleared or not. Um, 
I don't think it was such a long setup. I think it just happened to work out that Daniel was given the okay, and then they kind of rounded it up with with this WrestleMania moment. Um, I do think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will be back in some capacity very soon, especially with the super superstar shakeup coming. Um, maybe it is time to split them up a little bit. Uh, I see Zayn going on a really good run. Uh, Kevin Owens maybe needs to reinvent himself a little bit. I'm I'm not too sure what we're going to see there. But yeah, good, you know, good filler match. Um, had a little bit of an emotional charge towards the end. It just made us feel something again. Um, then let's get into the Raw Women's Championship match, which was Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Um, no surprise that obviously Nia Jax beat Bliss. It, it wasn't a a super long match. It just went over 10 minutes. Um, solid match. Uh, Alexa Bliss actually uh, handled and and actually took and, and gave moves against a much bigger opponent really well. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a good, solid three out of five match. It had all the peaks when it, it needed to. It popped in the right places. I'm just still a little confused by why they're pushing Nia Jax all of a sudden above Oscar in terms of title contention, representing the brand. It just feels a little confusing. Sure, Nia Jax is fantastic um, as a character. I, I still think she has a little bit of work to do in ring. Um, I, I'm not completely sold on her. Herb, on the other hand, loves her. He, you know, he's super um, into the way she wrestles. I just, on the other hand, once again, just don't understand why they would push Naya above Oscar at this point, especially after all the work that they've put in with Oscar. Doesn't make sense, but yes, we have a new Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss, did a really good job of carrying the title for a really long time, and I think she deserves more more credit than she does. Um, so let's see what happens with the superstar shakeup. I think there should be some interesting angles. So then we moved into the uh, the WWE Championship match between Shinsuke Nakamura and the champion AJ Styles. I was a little confused about the placement of the match. I don't know why they didn't just put it before the Universal Championship match. Maybe it was a pacing thing. It didn't feel off. I just think the stature of the match deserved to be the just obviously undercard to the main event, but it wasn't and ultimately didn't really make a difference. Um, the match itself was good. The pacing was fine. Um, we had a 20 plus minute match. So there was a lot of back and forth. Um, Shinsuke was really great. Uh, AJ Styles was, I'm going to say it phenomenal. Um, a solid three and a half, maybe even four star match. Um, okay. It wasn't the best match we've seen between the two. If we're completely honest, I think maybe the moments got, the better of, of, of the two or the better of, of the situation. Uh, we have definitely seen better matches between the two, but it was still a, a, a really good match nonetheless. Um, I think the pressure on such a momentous occasion and so much going into it, the hype into it, um, might have deterred it a little bit in terms of performance, but 
it landed. It, it was fine. Uh, I think the route they're taking with Shinsuke is great. So the match in, ended with, with AJ landing his finisher and finishing off Shinsuke really cleanly. It was a clean match. It was a clean victory. I think I would have preferred Shinsuke winning, but I'm not sure. So here's the thing that, that I don't understand is why the WWE had two Japanese contenders in contention for the respective titles they challenged for. Um, and neither of them won and neither of them really got the shine or the, the, maybe not the promise, but the, the work that, that they put in really that they deserved maybe. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about the outcome and, and just these two larger than life Japanese personalities, both walking away from WrestleMania, maybe, um, a little slighted, maybe, maybe I feel like they both were slighted maybe in a, in a sense. Um, we did see then, uh, the low blow, from Shinsuke Nakamura on AJ Styles, and we saw Nakamura turn heel at WrestleMania, which is a great, great moment in itself. Okay, so Shinsuke maybe didn't win the match, but I think he he ultimately handled the moment and took the moment into his own hands. And um, look, it was obviously scripted, but just the, the, the delivery of him turning heel was great. It was a good pop. I enjoyed it. I think um, we're going to have a lot of interesting Shinsuke and AJ Styles moments moving forward now because now it isn't buddy-buddy. It isn't respectful. It isn't, you know, a battle for the ages between two, you know, equally matched or minded competitors. It's literally good guy versus bad guy story of the ages and Shinsuke is a great villain like he he's a great villain like as cool as he is as a as as a baby face and and a good guy like Shinsuke as a heel is even better because he's strange and unpredictable so let's see what happens there I'm really excited about it we then moved into the penultimate match for the evening um this was a little bit of a strange one um Looking back on it now, um, you know, having a couple of days of breathing room and uh, just kind of seeing how the the WWE universe responded to it, I it was kind of endearing. I think um, what they're trying to do is is go for that, you know, larger than life, um, unstoppable, you know, monster amongst men thing, but also still give Braun Strowman a little bit of a human angle, um, give him something a little bit more for people to be able to connect with. Um, I think that 2018 will be a big year for Braun. I think we'll still see um, big, big storylines around him. Um, he's He's got momentum and he's got popularity. Now they just need to to really actually capitalize on that in a in a good way. So the match I'm referring to was the Raw Tag Team Championship match between Cesaro and Sheamus, the champions, and Braun Strowman and a mystery partner 
of his choice. Now, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people's money was on Elias um, to come out and be his partner, but obviously we saw Elias early in the evening with uh, the John Cena Undertaker setup, so it was not meant to be. Um, although I do think that, not that I want to see Elias or Strowman in a, you know, in a tag team capacity right now, but I, it wouldn't have been bad for either of them. I think, um, they could probably be a really great tag team. Although, you know, right now we, we need Strowman in a, a singles capacity. I think, um, all the momentum and building they've been doing, it would be a waste for them to do anything else with him. So the setup basically was Braun came out and wandered around the audience for a bit and then pointed at someone and said, you. Um, he then climbed over the barrier, went straight into the crowd and picked up this scraggly little kid um, called Nicholas. And Nicholas was his tag team partner. Um, like I said, I don't know. It, it was obviously meant to be a, a WrestleMania moment, um, a moment of endearment. I, I get what they were trying to do. I don't know if it landed so well on the evening. Um, I think everything post WrestleMania that they did with Nicholas and the character and, and Braun, um, was fine. And, uh, It'll be a WrestleMania moment. I don't think it'll go down as one of the greatest moments of all time, but it, you know, it 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 was fine for for what the context of the match was. Although, you know, I, I it's the right thing. It's the right thing because we don't want to see Braun with with tag team gold right now. We we want to see him move towards a little bit more of a singles. Um, you know, main event competitor realm. So ultimately, Braun did pin um, Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm I, I can't remember exactly who he pinned. I think it might have been Sheamus. Uh, Jeremy, I'm sure you're out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll fact check that for me immediately. Um, but like I said, this wasn't so much about the match itself. It was more about the moment and. You know, Braun going out and and finding a a kid in the audience and making him the uh, you know the tag team partner of choice. Um, cool moment. The match itself was okay. It, it it was a little bit of a you know back and forth between obviously Braun demolishing you know the bar and um, one of two close moments where. Um, you know, they got the the upper hand on Braun and uh, there was actually a moment where Nicholas got tagged in for a few seconds, but straight after he tagged Braun back in and then, you know, Braun just did the, the running power slam. I'm pr actually pretty sure he did it on Cesaro now that I think about it. Okay, so let me know how you feel about that. I think, you know, leading up to it, there was such a, a hoo-ha for lack of better words, um, about the potential partner and uh, Braun winning, a, you know, the tournament um, single-handedly. Was it a wasteful moment um, or did they kind of capitalize on, 
on on the storyline and on on the evening and you know the 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 bigger stage that they that they capitalize on something a little different and special or do you feel it was like a a may it could have been better a little cheesy moment so let me know what you think about that then we move into the the main event um another very much talked talked about match um a lot of people have have been saying that this is probably the worst WrestleMania headliner in you know like I said a, a few good years maybe even a decade um which is strange because if you look at the the events as a whole it was so good that You know, ultimately, sometimes you walk away from from these big pay-per-views and you measure the pay-per-view by the quality of the main event, how it how it left you feeling, because that is, you know, that is the climax of the evening. And although this was a terrible match, uh, I don't feel like it, it hindered my opinion of WrestleMania 34 too much just because there were so many great moments and matches and other things happening that it it was good enough to not only drown out how terrible this match was but it was it was good enough to to carry it as well so for the universal so for the universal championship uh we had Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Roman won the Elimination Chamber to be able to face Brock. And it was a strange match. Obviously, a lot of people, um, myself included, um, I know Herb also you know, thought as much. Everyone was under the impression that this match was going to be Roman Reigns' moment. And when I say Roman Reigns' moment... He's he's had his WrestleMania moments, but they've all been forced. They've all been okay. Um, he he hasn't really shined at WrestleMania, um, and this was. I'll, I'll give the WWE this: no one saw this coming. Um, the match was okay. It 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 was very much. Um, a continuation of the lead-up where Brock came out and just beat the hell out of of, of poor Roman. Um, and this this was literally just an extension of that. The match didn't have much in it. Um, I, they, they, they made Roman take, I don't know how many F5s. I, I'm sure Jeremy will also fact-check that for us. I think it, it might have been close to five something silly, um, which also just diminishes, you know, Undertaker, it, it, it took one or two max, um, but with Roman, it takes five. Uh, it, it just felt off-center. Um, there was a point where Brock t- took off his gloves and he was, you know, he was beating Roman's head in and there was blood in the match. Um, just very unbalanced. It, it, it wasn't a great way to 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 just end off the evening i think um personally i I would have preferred 
Shinsuke and AJ closing out the show. Uh, just because I, Roman doesn't have what it takes to headline events. We we can debate this all we want, and you can tell me that that I'm wrong, and it's it's Roman's yard, but he hasn't proven he hasn't proven me wrong, and it's it's been a good five year stint now where they've put so much pressure on on the guy's shoulders. Uh, he just he doesn't translate, and you know people were booing the match at a point, and it was a, there was a disconnect. Um, I don't know. It 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 wasn't it wasn't the highlight of of WrestleMania. It's probably the worst match of the evening, um, and that's saying a lot because we just ha- we literally just had a kid come into the ring um, and and take the tag team titles. So, yeah, uh, it it's not great for the title either. Um, there was a lot of emphasis going into the match about Brock being a an absent champion. Um, it felt like the setup was obviously around Roman being the workhorse that he is. And once again, I'm not taking anything away from Roman's work ethic and how hard the man works. That, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. He, he is really a, a solid, solid wrestler, but is he the main eventer? Is he the face that runs the place? Is he the, you know, the one who will elevate wrestling for the next 10 years? Is he a rock? Is he a Stone Cold? Is he an Undertaker? Is he a John Cena? Is he a, a Shawn Michaels? Is he a Triple H? I don't think he is. Um, they've given him all the opportunities to to really to test and, and prove himself and he he just falls short every single time. Uh, the best run he's had has been as the Intercontinental title holder, and that was a a very clear placement run. Um, when I say placement, they just placed him there because the Miz obviously had to go and fulfill one or two other you know obligations that he had. So. You know, I'm very, very aware that a lot of you are big Roman Reigns fans, um, but like I said, the man just hasn't—he hasn't proven me wrong. And I, I was honestly hoping that this would be the moment where we could actually go, okay, Roman has solidified his place um, as the top card. But it wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't Brock being solidified as the top card either. Um, Brock Brock is getting stale. Uh, we're seeing the same matches every single time. Uh, there's no back and forth. I think the last time I enjoyed a Brock Lesnar match was versus Braun Strowman because Braun actually pushed him to the limit. Everything else has just been more or less the same. Um, so every main event where, where Brock is defending the title, we know what to expect because it, it's just so redundant at this point. So my question to you guys is if it's not, well, if it's not Brock Lesnar holding the title, then who do you see taking that title? Okay. Roman Reigns may be stall at some point, but 
except for for Roman. Let's 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 quickly t- just take Roman out of contention for a second, and let's talk about the next good eight months of wrestling that we have left. Who do you see taming Brock Lesnar? So we they they had to bring in Goldberg at a point because there was no one who was actually on the level or believable enough to 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 tame Brock Lesnar. So my question is who do you see taking the title from him and actually giving Brock Lesnar a run for his money? Um I think we've seen Braun Strowman do it, take him to his limit. That could be great. It could be a great match. Um I don't know if the WWE is ready to to have Braun Strowman be the representative um, on that level, then it could be great to see Samoa Joe in that position. I I would love to see that. Joe is the perfect anti-hero um, to to carry and and have momentum um, in a different kind of capacity. Uh, so that's an option. Uh, I, I, maybe even so. How do you feel about Finn Balor being in contention for the world title or the heavyweight title? Um, we have the superstar shakeup coming up, so we'll be doing an exclusive podcast on the results of that. Um, I'm quickly going to talk about just um, Raw and SmackDown in the aftermath of of WrestleMania. Um, I'm also quickly going to get into just uh, one or two elements. We have, at the end of April, uh, we have the greatest Royal Rumble happening, which is is actually setting up to be a a massive event. Like, there's, there's matches that we, we thought we'd never see. So um, we know that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will have another match in a steel cage or Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm sure Jeremy will just fact check that for us as well. I'm giving you a lot of work, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Um, so we also know that at Backlash, it will be Joe who's returned now versus Roman. So is that maybe a setup for some kind of title match? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we also know that the Undertaker will be facing Rusev, which is great because... If you've listened to the past uh, podcasts, I've mentioned that in terms of The Undertaker's heritage and lineage, uh, he's very much old school. And in old school wrestling, you go out by putting over um, someone who, who who's coming up, an up-and-comer. And Rusev is by no means an up-and-comer, but he's, he's on the threshold of becoming a massive star. So... The Undertaker putting over Rusev post WrestleMania is awesome. That that's that's how they should have done it. This is how it's always should have been. They should have left the streak alone and have WrestleMania be the Undertaker's event because he deserves it and he's done the work and he's been there for the company um, through thick and thin. When when wrestlers were leaving, um, when when the face of wrestling was changing. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, was there for the industry um, and was there for, for especially the WWE locker room. He held it together. So mm, I'm not going to get into that again, but yes, that's how it should have been done. Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker, sure, great, like go for it. Not at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker, 
Okay, not at WrestleMania. Rusev beating The Undertaker at the Greatest Royal Rumble post this this comeback that he's had with, with John Cena. And when I say comeback, just a solidification of what The Undertaker meant at WrestleMania, what it meant to see him at WrestleMania, what it meant to face him at WrestleMania. That, um, that's good booking. So I'm excited about that. Let's quickly talk about Raw. Um, you know, we, we had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come to Raw and try to, to get a, a spot on the roster. They both got counted out and they're not on the roster. So <laughs> let's see what happens with that. I, I do think they're going to split the two up. Uh, Oscar, we haven't heard much from, from her yet. Let's see what happens with that as well. I'm still confused about that booking. And here's why, because on SmackDown, um, the following night after all, Carmella came in after Charlotte was attacked and cashed in the money in the bank and is now women's champion. So... <laughs> The WWE literally had Charlotte beat Oscar at WrestleMania, end the streak, end all that momentum, two years plus of hard work and building and booking, and she doesn't even retain her title for, like, longer than 48 hours after, after WrestleMania? How stupid is that? That is just such a wasteful booking. I don't see any foresight in that. I'm hoping they prove me wrong and do something great with it. I, I'm really hoping that they do. But from from my perspective and from my experience with, with wrestling, I think they're just going to move past it and, and kind of squash it. So, yes, Carmella is now your, your SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, I, I don't hate it. I just hate the context of it. I just hate the timeline. Uh it just everything feels so pointless around that we also had Shinsuke Nakamura come in and not ruin a dream match because dream match it's a big term these days but Daniel Bryan is back full-time on the roster he's not the general manager of Smackdown anymore um and he faced AJ Styles at at that Smackdown event uh, Shinsuke came in and obviously interfered in the match um, so Shinsuke is now full heel. He's the bad guy. It's looking really, really good and interesting. Um, and then let's talk about something I, well, I didn't predict it, but, uh, I said it would be a great idea and a, a step in the right direction. And I feel like the wrestling gods have, have heard my cries. Um, they have made Paige the general manager of SmackDown. So Paige has officially, and unfortunately retired from professional wrestling in a in-ring capacity um, at a very young age, which is sad because she's one of my favorite female wrestlers, actually just across board performers in-ring um, of the last 15 years. Um, but she's so strong on the mic and she's got such a dynamic personality and she can tell stories that this is great. It's it's awesome to see them invest in in younger talent. Um, so yes, Paige is now the general manager. We called it about a month ago, month and a half ago, that you know, 
moving forward, it would be great to see her in, in a managerial role. Um, so this is a big step in the right direction for, for the WWE. Um, not just with, with the women's revolution happening. Um, like I said, investing in, in younger talent. Then let's quickly just, uh, let's talk about NXT. So we don't really cover NXT much, um, just because there's so much wrestling happening, but I have to say that NXT take over uh, the event the night before WrestleMania. Please go watch it. If if you're only getting into wrestling now and you haven't watched NXT at all, um, yeah, this this is the one that will convert you. I was so impressed. It was a phenomenal evening, and really, really, when I say this, th this is with years and years of watching wrestling and and years and years of of soaking up information and and you know investing emotionally in in these silly characters sometimes and over the top storylines but NXT was almost maybe and a lot of people aren't going to agree takeover was maybe almost better than WrestleMania just just like 0.2% better than WrestleMania, but it, just hear me out. Go watch it. It is fantastic, and the great thing about NXT is it means there's so many potential fantastic athletes on their way to the WWE. Um, so yes, go do that. To finish off the show, we're gonna head back to the the main event from WrestleMania, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um, well, Herb's going to guide us through what it was like being there for the main event. Um, I fully agree with him. Everything he says and everything he goes through, I think from a television point of view and how we perceived it, um, it definitely translated exactly the same way. So here's Herb and he's going to take you through what it was like being there live and the perception of the audience um, for the main event of WrestleMania 34. And then now I move on to the worst match of the night. And you guys should remember that I'm, you know, uh, creating these, uh, for lack of a better term, from, you know, the live aspect, you know, from being um, in the Superdome during WrestleMania 34. So, you know, this is a, a, a live perspective um, so that worst match of the night was, you know, the main event. Um, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. We've seen them take on each other in a few, you know, multi-man matches. Uh, they went against each other at WrestleMania before, where uh, the match was saved by um, Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank. But, you know... Uh, judging it from a live aspect, no one was paying attention to this match. Uh, this is where, you know, the crowd switched off, the electricity was down, um, beach balls were out. It was embarrassing to watch. Um, and, you know, for me, I had the advantage of sitting there with, you know, a new wrestling fan, I'll call it that. Um, and, you know, the impression I got was that this was just an embarrassing and, you know, sad thing for 
um, mostly Roman because he's there, you know, every week, every night, every show. And to have the entire crowd just like, you know, turn on the match and um, S-H-I-T all over it. Um, a lot of chants that had nothing to do with the match, you know, Rusev Day, I think we got a CM Punk, I'm not too sure, can't remember. Um, you guys don't also have to like, you know, excuse me, there's a lot of cars and a lot of noise. Like I said, we're reporting, you know, uh, straight from New Orleans, you know, from WrestleMania 34. Um, so yeah, that was uh, the worst match of the night um, in terms of, you know, the live crowd and atmosphere. And it was a shame, really, you know, because um, your main event should be something that, you know, takes the crowd home happy. And it was quite the downer after, you know, such a great show. I think a lot of us also expected Roman Reigns to win um, just because we know that Brock Lesnar is a champion that's never at, you know, or never on Raw um, and appears, you know, just a few months at a time, makes a few appearances of the year, you know, and we want to see the title on Raw. We want to see the title defended uh, regularly. Um, we want to see the title on TV, an image of the title, you know, just so that it's there and we know that there is a champion. Um, so in terms of the biggest letdown, I'll rope this match in there. So worst match for the live crowd and biggest letdown for the live crowd. And now I'm going to move on to the loudest pop of the night. Um, this was the low blow heard around the world. You know, there were a few other pops. Uh, some notable mentions were The Undertaker um, appearing at WrestleMania 34. Intense, intense entrance. Um, but after the initial pop, you know, it died down a little bit. It was still loud. Uh, people were still excited. Um, but that's one of our, you know, notable mentions. Uh, Rusev Day as well. Uh, but, you know, the life was sucked out of the crowd by uh, Jinder Mahal winning the title. Um, I think Ronda Rousey, uh, once she was in the ring and proving everyone wrong, you know, she got quite a loud reaction, a constant reaction. Pretty loud as well. Um, Pre-show, Bray Wyatt uh, appearing and, you know, helping Matt Hardy out and the two of them posing in the ring. Uh, that was quite a loud pop, but the loudest pop of the night had to be the low blow heard around the world. Shinsuke Nakamura attacking AJ Styles after their match. Uh, the match didn't quite live up to, you know, its expectations, but I think there's more to see just judging from how everything unfolded at the end of the match. Uh, the low blow definitely got the loudest pop. Um, one of the most talked about points uh, and moments of WrestleMania outside the Superdome right now. Um, yeah, this had to be uh, the most shocking moment uh, and we don't really get those you know 
uh, we did get the Hardys, which was pretty loud last year. And this wasn't as loud as that, but it was definitely up there if we could measure it. Um, Shinsuke, I think we're expecting, you know, a killer out of him, uh, which will, you know, extend the story between between him and uh, AJ Styles, which I think could lead to a much better match uh, once we have a nice story behind it. But yeah, definitely the loudest pop um, from my section in the loud crowd in the live um, aspect inside the Superdome. Uh, and once again, I'm gonna say it. Um, it was a great WrestleMania overall. I'll give it a four out of five. Um, you know, I don't know how everyone else feels, but for me. Um, and the people that were around me this Wrestlemania was one of the best in a long time and one of the best pay-per-views in a long time one of the best shows that WWE has put on in a very long time uh, so this one gets a 4 out of 5 um, I'm going to try catch it on TV and see if, uh, if that translates to a 4 out of 5 uh, if it matches uh, me being in there, you know, live and feeling the electricity. Um, yeah, so this was at the Herb Filler, reporting live from WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'm looking forward to being back home in South Africa and reporting live again from WWE Live um, in South Africa. Um, around April 19th to the 21st of April and I hope that all of you can be at the shows you will not regret it once again at the Herb Villa and I'll see you guys when I get back home look forward to some you know videos and pictures uh, from the event um, you know just some things for you guys to enjoy I tried to get my flag up there, but I'll have to watch and see if it was actually there, if it popped up on TV. If you guys saw it, you know, give us a shout, give us a screenshot. But yeah, look forward to some, you know, pictures and some videos. Uh, it was a great event, and see you guys soon. So that is it for WrestleMania 2018, WrestleMania 34. Uh, we have been Podplex Africa, the only. African, South African, WWE-focused podcast. Uh, we reported live from the United States this year. Hopefully, we'll be, we'll be doing the same thing again next year. Um, we will see you at the shows this week. We are very excited the WWE is in South Africa this week. Um, but yeah, let us know what you thought of WrestleMania as a whole. Let us know what you thought about the main event. Let us know what you think about Oscar, Braun, Charlotte, Seth Rollins, you know, put it out there. Who was your who was your goat of the evening? Greatest of all time. Who's your your VIP wrestler of the evening? We will be back. Uh, we'll be covering the superstar shakeup, lottery draft, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we will also be talking about South Africa's WWE experience um, in the month of April. And we are very excited. It's It's been a massive month and it's going to continue to be a massive month for all wrestling fans. I'm Vander Alkers. This is Podplex Africa. We'll wrestle with you soon.